If you own a vehicle with less than 200,000 miles and have an auto warranty about to expire or no warranty coverage at all, listen up. CarShield has a low-cost, month-to-month vehicle protection plan that covers more parts than ever. Visit carshield.com audio to find out how you could pay almost nothing for covered auto repairs. Drivers who activate this vehicle protection today will also receive free roadside assistance, free towing, and car rental options at no additional cost. Get your free quote today at carshield.com audio. That's carshield.com audio. Hey, while you're thinking of it, go to thecallingcourse.com and opt in to the mini course that I have there called Five Clues to Your Calling. It's absolutely free and it will help you find more purpose and meaning in your work. Now to it. My guest today was just so much fun to talk to. We dug into all kinds of topics related to marketing, real estate, and most importantly is just this idea of keeping your options open because you don't know what is coming down the pipe. You don't know where your career is going to take you until you get there. So you have to have space for that serendipity that comes your way. Melanie Ginsberg started her career as a journalist, transitioned into marketing, and now real estate. I'll let her share her story, but she was so much fun to talk to. I think there's so many great takeaways for us from her story, from her journey, and I hope you'll enjoy this conversation as much as I did. Let's just go ahead and jump right on in. This is the Meaning Movement Podcast, a show about work worth doing. What that means is this show helps you do more of what matters to you. Whether you talk about that in terms of calling or purpose or fulfillment, that's what the show is about. I'm your host, Dan Cumberland. Today, we're diving deep with Melanie Ginsberg. Stay with us. Imagine waking up on Monday mornings excited about your day. Can you imagine loving being asked the question, so what do you do? I created the calling course with a single goal in mind to create a resource for finding what's next. The calling course is based on the process I developed through working with people around the big career transitions that we all go through. I went so far as to get a master's degree in psychology and culture to bring this concept to life. And I'd like to invite you to consider joining us. If you've ever felt stuck, if you've ever felt uncertain of what's next, if you've ever felt like you want more from your work, but you're not sure how to get it, I made this for you. Join us. Get started for free today with a mini course called Five Clues to Your Calling at thecallingcourse.com. I'll see you there. Melanie, thank you so much for joining me. Welcome to the Meaning Movement Podcast. I'm so happy to have you here with me. I'm so happy to be here. Thank you so much, Dan. So the question I always begin with is, how do you begin to talk about what you do in the world? That is a great question. I professionally, I'll say I'm a real estate agent slash real estate coach. I have a huge team of agents and I help them. But what do you do 
in the world is a different question. <laughs> so I say I like to just bring out the best in people. I think that's one of my superpowers. And I think that's something, unfortunately, that this world kind of lacks is the belief that we're all individuals and we all have unique things that we bring to the table. So I love finding that in people and helping them find that in themselves. I love that. I love that. Have you always been in real estate? Has that been, was that your goal when you were just a, a wee little ass um, <laughs> thinking about, thinking about what you want to do when you, uh, when you grow up? <laughs> Actually, not at all. I feel like that question, what do you want to be when you grow up always felt so heavy to me. And I was the kid mm. that had no idea what I wanted to do. And I changed my mind about a million times. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Ended up kind of by accident starting my own marketing agency. And I did that for about five years and it was great. And then I never even considered real estate. But when I started dating my now fiance, he was big into real estate and he kind of opened my eyes to the real estate world and all the benefits of it. So mm. I transitioned into that about a year ago. And it's wow. been... I think it's unique because like it came as a total surprise. So I really want to emphasize that you don't need to have that dream from a, a wee lad or lass. It, you know, yes. keeping your eyes open to possibilities like you never know when there will be a new opportunity that will totally change your life. I love that. I love that. How would you answer that question now? What do you want to be when you grow up? Oh. <laughs> Impactful. I think is what I want to be when yeah. I grow up. I have really big dreams about helping a lot of people and, you know, making the world a better place as cliche as yeah. that sounds. But I think mm. it, you know, it's got to start somewhere. So why not with me? <laughs> yeah, I love it. I love it. Well, definitely resonate with your story there of not knowing, you know, which way to go and trying a million things. I think you're definitely in good company with myself, <laughs> as well as many of our listeners. And I think you're just your perspective of you know keeping options open because you don't know what is um, around the bend is, is mm -hmm. a really important value, I guess, mm -hmm. as we navigate these transitional career spaces. Absolutely. Sounds like you've definitely hit the ground running with your real estate career. You said you have, you know, have a huge, huge team of agents and yet you've only been after it, you know, getting after it for a year. Tell me about, you know, how has that portion of your journey been? How did you start and what steps did you take as you began? Mm -hmm. Yeah, definitely. So the company that I work with as a real estate agent has a very unique structure in that it really stresses and emphasizes collaboration over competition. So they have a lot of ways without getting too technical, to have agents receive more help. And coming from my marketing background, I quickly saw that most agents, that, that was a big gap in their knowledge. Yeah. Because to get your real estate license, you have to take anywhere from 30 to 200 hours of classes. But that's mm. all about the laws and contracts and the boring stuff. And they don't really cover how to market yourself as an agent. And you know, agents are independent contractors. So every agent is responsible for their own clients. And that you know, with my marketing background, I've really been able to add a lot of value and help a lot of agents. So I think, mm. you know, with any career or work related, I mean, really anything, actually, it's just about providing value and finding where that need is. And then if you can fill that need, then you can see success pretty fast, relatively, I think. Yeah. I love it. I love it. And so it sounds like with real estate in particular, there's just opportunity to kind of form partnerships mm -hmm. of sorts where Absolutely. you're able to, yeah, get mutual, mutual benefit. And that's how you've grown your team. Yeah, exactly. I love it. I love it. Well, 
let's just kind of rewind a little bit and I would love to, you know, take, take me through some of the steps of some of the transitions, you know, you, you were doing marketing agency for a number of years and what, what happened before that, you know, what, how did you get into that? I'd love to just hear some of those transition points along the yeah, way. Yeah, of course. Um, I went to school for journalism after changing my major like six times. Um, again, I, <laughs> I had no idea what I wanted to be when I grew up. So, um, I graduated with a journalism degree, but didn't really want to work at a newspaper or anything like that. So I took a, quote, gap year and I taught English abroad for a year because I thought it would be a cool experience and kind of help me learn more about myself and what I was looking for. And I realized, you know, so when I graduated college, I had a year where I was traveling and all of my friends had started their jobs and just hearing their stories about, you know, what their day-to-day life was and how tired they were all the time. It just wasn't something I was super excited to jump into after I got back to the States. So I got invited to an entrepreneurship conference in Thailand. And it was all about people that started their own business without getting any funding. So really starting from scratch. And I got an opportunity to volunteer there. So all I needed to do was cover my ticket. And then I would basically get this free education about how to be an entrepreneur. <laughs> um, so, and it was in Love Thailand. It. So it sounded amazing. And um, my rationale to myself was worst case scenario is I go to this conference and I hate it. And I go back to the States and get a job and take that route. But I've had a week <laughs> in Thailand. Um, and then best case scenario yeah. is, you know, it open, opens my eyes and I get clarity and whatever. So it ended up being the yeah. latter. And mm-hmm. all week I was just starry eyed. And like every person I met, I couldn't believe that there was an option to live this life. I mm. think that, you know, we're really taught one path in life and that's the go to school, go to college, get a job, get a house, etc. And the truth is there's infinite different ways to to do that, to see success and to chase a career and build a career and all of those things. So it was yeah. super eye-opening for me meeting all those people that just were really living lives on their own terms and it was really inspirational. And with my writing background, I realized that a lot of people needed help with their marketing. And so I was just going around all week asking people what they needed help with and kind of keeping track. And then I realized that I could just teach myself what they needed help with. And those were my first clients. So, you know, I turned around and was like, oh, you need help with email marketing? Sure, I can do that. And then I very quickly (laughs) uh, taught myself the basics of email marketing and, you know, it worked out super well for me. And then as time went on, I just started teaching myself more skills and my agency expanded to more things and more people. And yeah, it just grew from there. I love it. And so your first clients were the people that you met at that conference. Yes, exactly. Am I hearing that correctly? Yeah. Mm -hmm. That is so cool. And I love that. It feels like again, there in your, your journey that these opportunities that this is a theme here I'm seeing (laughs) these opportunities that you can't even imagine present themselves like you wouldn't have known going Mm -hmm. you didn't know going into that conference what the possibilities were and you met these people you know you you saw possibilities and you met people that kind of matched up with those possibilities which then kind of started you down a a whole new path which is amazing definitely so curious about the, just the mindset shift and if this was a, a big leap for you or if it felt more or organic of like going from I have the career, I work the nine to five, I, you know, do the usual, the mm-hmm. typical. And it sounds like in Thailand, you, you were exposed to people who were breaking that mold, I guess yeah. you could say. 
And then to say that I want to do that too, was that a hard, yeah, was that a hard step, a hard (laughs) leap for you or did it just come naturally? Yeah, it was terrifying. It was so scary because again, like the world I grew up in was there's one path and you do it. And that's the key, you know, that's all you need. And so it took a lot of courage to buy that ticket and board that plane. And even, you know, when I said my rationale was, oh, if it doesn't work out, then I'll just come back to America and get a job. And like, that was kind of like my mantra that I repeated to myself because I really thought (laughs) there was no way, you know, so I was just like, oh, I'll, I'll just come home and then I'll get a job because it was super, super scary. But I think once I met people that were doing it and I saw for myself that it was possible it was really easy. You know, once I got to Thailand, there was no chance that I was going to go home and get a job (laughs) because I think before I left, it was just this nebulous idea of like, oh, I've heard about entrepreneurship and, you know, you see the stories maybe on social media, but who knows how true they are. And then meeting these people and and seeing their day-to-day life and the conversations that they were having, you can't unsee that. Yeah. 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 So so it sounds like your eyes are just open to a Mm -hmm. whole... A whole new world that maybe you thought might be there, but had no idea what it would look like. Exactly. Yeah, totally. Yeah. yeah. So then stepping into, you know, building this skill set, starting your marketing agency, because how long did you pursue that? And what was that transition out of that like? Was it kind of a hard stop? Is it kind of like you do a little bit of this, a little bit of real estate? Or what has that journey been like? Mm-hmm. So I slowly transitioned out of it and like wrapped things up with various clients as I was studying to get my real estate license. So that was kind of a good buffer because I took an online class. So I had the flexibility and then I was able to kind of, you know, slow down with my marketing agency. And Mm -hmm. it wasn't as hard of a transition emotionally for me because I'm doing a lot of marketing still. And I'm doing a lot of what I did do with my agency, but now I'm doing it with agents instead of the clients that I had to charge money for. Oh, interesting. Interesting. So do you feel like your day-to-day work, is it pretty similar? Like you're building, you know, whether it be email campaigns or these things that you would do for other external companies, but now you're doing it for agents that are part of your team. Am I hearing you correct in that? Is that a good kind of way to describe it? Definitely. It's super similar, but I think it's better (laughs) because I get to be more like what I experienced in Thailand and that eye opening, I feel like I'm able to give that to a lot of these agents who they got their real estate license and just quit their job and they don't really know what's possible. And, you know, I'm able to be a coach and a mentor and a marketing strategist and like all of the things. And that's really what I'm Mm. passionate about. Like I said at the beginning, like I love showing people what's possible and, you know, helping them discover what lies within them and their passions and their skill sets. And I'm doing way more of that now than I was with my agency. Yeah. I love that. I love that. Well, I know that in real estate, most real estate agents, you know, when you look at people who have their license, they're not doing actually that much volume of mm-hmm. transactions. And and it sounds like what you're able to do, and correct me if I'm wrong here, is you know, take someone who has this idea that they want to go and become a real estate agent and then maybe just kind of blow up the ceiling that would might otherwise be in place or mm-hmm. a wall that would be hard for them to get past to really scale what they're doing to the next level. And it sounds like yeah. you're able to coach them, assist them, and help launch them maybe in in some ways. Is that correct? Yep, absolutely. 100%. What's the demographic of the people that that you're working with primarily? 
all agents. I'm able to work with agents in all 50 states and 17 countries. So I have agents on my team that are in India even. We have wow. you know men, women, right out of high school, some of them, because you only need to be 18 to get your license. Some of them are, you know, they thought they retired, but they got bored. So now they want to get their license, like every kind of person, which I also love. Wow. Very cool. I didn't even know it was possible to do real estate in other countries. Mm-hmm. That's a whole new thing I've never even heard of before. How complicated, how different is the real estate game in different countries? I yeah. imagine there's different laws, different legal legal things. Great question. Yeah. So there are, and I'm very blessed because the company that I work with, all agents need to have a sponsoring broker. That's just the legality of it. So the brokerage that I'm with, they have the structure. They do all of yeah. the complicated laws and contracts and everything, and they have it set up in all of these countries. And I'm able to step in mm. and do what I do best, which is you know the coaching and the marketing and all of that stuff. And yep. there are other people. You know, if if one of my agents in India has a question about the contracts, I don't actually need to know that because we have a bunch of staff that's available. So it really yep. helps. I mean, everyone is just really doing what they do best. And we all come together to be a very cohesive team, which I love. I love that. That's fantastic. And yeah, it sounds like a huge, huge asset to be a part of a (laughs) part of an organization Mm -hmm. that handles all the the complicated legal things for you. Absolutely. Alongside you. That's great. I'm curious in your journey, if there are any places where you really felt stuck or uncertain about what your next steps would be. And I think this question is coming from, you know, people who are listening to this podcast are looking for some sort of change. Mm -hmm. Often they don't know what that change is. They just know that something needs to change. They might be like, well, I need, I need a different job. I need a different career. I just need something different. Mm -hmm. I'm curious how, you know, if you have any words of wisdom to people who feel like they're in that kind of stuck space or even, you know, stories from your own journey of how you've gotten yourself unstuck. Yeah, that's a great question. And from my own experience, like even when I was in college, I was doing a lot of interviews with people to see what their jobs were like and shadowing them. And there was nothing that really excited me. And, but I was hunting. I knew there was something out there. It's like exactly like you said, Dan, uh, they feel stuck, but they don't really know why or where to go or how to get unstuck. So, I love people and I'm a firm believer, as you can probably tell from my story, that there's always an answer. You know, anything that you're struggling with, someone on this planet has probably struggled with the same exact thing and found the answer or found their way out of it. So then it's Mm -hmm. just about finding that person. So I think, you know, if you're stuck and you're not quite sure, start asking around. And what I've also noticed is, People are more than happy to share their story. Like in my head, when I was going through this, and maybe this will resonate with some of your listeners, I was like, oh, like, who am I to reach out to that person? They don't have the time to talk to me, or they don't want to talk to me, you know, all of these stories and this fear. And then once I gathered the courage to do it, they're like, yeah, I'd love to. I would love to sit down and tell you about how I got into what I'm doing or, you know, whatever. And I feel that way now, you know, partially with my agents, but with everyone, when people are like, Hey, I saw you were traveling. I'm just wondering how you did that. I'm like, yes, this is my favorite question because like I said, you know, another theme is like, there is always more than one way. And so when Mm. people are like, Hey, it seems like you found a different journey, a different path. What was that? And what led you there? I am more than happy to share my experience because it has totally changed my life. And there were people that did that for me. 
And then I think we just, you know, pass it on and give back to the next generation. I love that so much. And I feel like that's like such a, such a good just nugget of wisdom that that someone else has solved your Mm -hmm. problem. Exactly. And you just have to find that person and ask them, (laughs) ask them how they've solved it. Mm -hmm. That's just huge. And also, you know, what you're saying just about there's always more than one way, Mm -hmm. always more than one way forward, which is just really, yeah, really beautiful. Thank you. I'm I'm curious in in your journey and whether, and maybe, you know, whether it's your journey or maybe even as you're working with agents and inviting them to a similar journey of just imagining a different path forward. There's often when transitions like this are made, it's like we become different people than we were. We Mm -hmm. we choose to go down a path that doesn't fit the mold that a lot of people have for us mentally Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. in their minds as they think about us, as they relate to us, especially when it comes to family, especially when it comes to old, old college friends or whoever it might be. And I'm curious your thoughts. And again, this could, you know, whether this be from your own journey or from, you know, as you're working with agents on a similar, similar trajectory, how do you suggest people deal with that kind of resistance or confusion that might come from people in their lives as they're changing? Yeah, that is a huge question, Dan. And I think something, I mean, I definitely experienced it and still to this day experience it. And, um, many, if not all of my friends that anyone that veers away from the status quo, I think is going to experience this, whether it's professionally or personally, or, you know, anything people just, everyone likes to think that their way is the best. And if, if someone challenges that they're challenging that person's identity in a sense. Yes. So I think the first thing that I want to say to your listeners is it's okay if it's hard. And because Mm. I wish I would have had that warning because Mm. I've seen people even to this day, they're like, oh yeah, you outgrow your friends and it's great. La la la. You're leveling up and they aren't, you know, but it doesn't, I think that totally misses over the huge emotional piece of that. And when it is your best friends or your close family members, it's really hard. Even when you are sure of yourself, if if the people that love you most in this world are like, Hey, are you sure about that? Or what you're doing is silly or wrong or whatever they say it can be really challenging. And again, Mm. I think that's why it's so, so important to have mentors or even, I mean, you don't even need to know them personally, but have people in your life that you can look to that are already doing what you want to do because that will be your anchor, I think. Mm. That's how I did it, you know, because a big thing that I tell myself, again, even to this day is if I wouldn't want to switch places with them, I won't take advice from them. So... Mm. Uh, you know, it's like if someone is single or unhappy in their relationship and they're trying to give me relationship advice, it's not the same <laughs> as taking relationship advice from an elderly couple that's been happily married for 40 years, you know? Yes. yes. Um, but that can be really mm. hard when that advice is coming from someone that you know is well-intentioned. So really just, yes. I've learned to, that not all advice is the same. And I've had to learn to check that, you know? when it comes in to say, okay, have they built a business that I'm trying to build? Or have they built a relationship that I'm trying to build? Or have they built a health routine that I'm trying to build? And if the answer is no, then I, I don't want to listen to that. I love that. I think that's such a good, such a good template. Have they built a blank that I'm Mm -hmm. trying to build? And to say, like, I think this is how it's gone in, in my own life, my own entrepreneurial journey is that, you still can be friends with people who don't get what you're up to all the way. Mm -hmm. It's just, they're not the people that you go to 
when you have you know, a, a problem, a, you mm-hmm. know, or, or maybe they're not the people that you don't, maybe you talk about other aspects of your life. You talk about exactly. your family, you talk about your relationship, you don't talk about your business, you don't talk about your career as much just mm-hmm. because it doesn't find resonance or, or yeah. sometimes even creates pushback. But I think that, you know, that framework you just offered, if, <laughs> have they built a blank that I'm trying mm-hmm. to build? And if not, then, you know, talk about other things, relate mm-hmm. to them in other ways, I think is really, yeah, a really helpful framework. Yeah, thank you. You mentioned mentors and you said, even if you don't know them personally, which I think is a really, a really great way to think about mentors. And I want to just get your thoughts on how do you find mentors? Who are your mentors? And whether or not you want to, you don't need to give me names, but I just like, Mm -hmm. how do you think about mentorship? I think is really the the question I want, want to hear you talk about. Yeah, that's a great question. I, I grew up as a total bookworm. So even like my I joke that my best friends in middle school were Harry Potter and Hermione and Ron, like because <laughs> yes. I probably spent more time with them than any real humans. <laughs> and yes. I think that's really where I developed this idea that they don't, I don't, you don't need to know them personally to have a you know relationship with them. And that sounds weird when you think about that, but it's like then when I transferred that over into the nonfiction books and world. You know, I was reading books, you know, like Brene Brown is someone that I've read all of her books and you see the common Mm. theme and, you know, you feel like you kind of get to know them because most people have their core beliefs and their core teachings. And if you consume enough of their content, you kind of get a sense of, you know, you can kind of answer the question for them almost on their behalf because it feels like you know them. And so for me, and I think this all ties together too, it's like, finding an example, like the opposite of that template is finding someone, okay, who does have a business that I admire, who does have a lifestyle Mm. that I admire, who does have a relationship that I admire, whatever that is, and then seeking those people out. And then it's just about trying to find everything that they've ever published or released so that you can learn from them as much as possible. I love that. That is such a helpful, helpful way to think about mentorship, because often the way mentors are talked about kind of like this older best friend Mm -hmm. forever (laughs) who's like successful in everything that they've ever done and you just want to be exactly like them in in every way (laughs) Mm -hmm. it's a really unhelpful narrative because those people one rarely exist like a person that you actually would want to emulate all aspects Mm -hmm. of their life right yeah and then two like even if there is someone who is you know has like a degree of success in a way that you want to emulate to actually be in a place where you can have a relationship, a, a two-way relationship with right. them. Is, it's, it's pretty, it's very rare. It's really, mm-hmm. and it's really hard to find those people. And I think what you're saying, is just really resonates with me that like mentorship doesn't have to be a, a giving coffee, yeah. you know, once a month or whatever, but like exactly. you're, there's books, there's podcasts, there's, you know, a million ways to learn from someone, mm-hmm. even if they don't, even if they don't know you exist yeah. and that that can also be a way to be mentored, which is just a really, really helpful framework. So again, thank you. Thank you for that. I hope that <laughs> listeners course. take that to heart to, uh, yeah, follow that. Who, who is building the blank that you want to, that you're trying to build? And then how can you learn, can you learn from them? I think is a good, a good template to follow <laughs> thank there you. as well. It's worked out pretty well for me thus far. <laughs> yeah. I love it. I love it. How do you think about words like purpose, meaning, fulfillment, calling, even mm. When it comes to work, any, this, any of those yeah. words that are in your vernacular, you yeah. choose the ones that fit. 
This is a really great question. All of your questions have been great. Um, I think so for me, ever since I can remember, like I wanted to make a difference in the world and, you know, live all of those words, my calling, my purpose, everything. And I think I mentioned like it felt like a really big assignment, you know, and mm -hmm. I would like meditate and journal and do all these things to try to figure it out. And yeah. I for a lot of my life, I felt like I wasn't living up to my full potential and, and doing all the right things. And now mm. I do feel like I'm totally like in the right place at the right time doing everything, but it's so important or it was so important for me to do all of those things that led me here. Mm. And I think I probably wasted a lot of time beating myself up. Like while I was running my marketing agency, I was good at it. I was helping a lot of people. I was living a good lifestyle but I still was like really hard on myself. Like, is this what I was meant to do? Like, is this the best yeah. thing I should be doing with my time? And it was at the time because it taught me all mm. of those marketing skills that I now use to help myself and to help my agents and to do, you know, like I said, what I now is like fully in line with my purpose. And it's very possible that that will change in five or 10 years from now. And I'll be doing something else. And I'll say, I am so grateful that I had those years doing the real estate stuff, you know? So mm. like, if I could go back and talk to younger Melanie, I would say, Hey, you know, you're doing your best and you're building so many skills right now. And it's okay if you're not living mm. your purpose or whatever in this moment, yeah. because I think it's too zoomed in, you know? Yeah. We have a whole life to live and a whole life to make a difference and to help people. And when you're 21 years old, or even if you're 40 years old, you know, you hear stories all the time about 70 years old, 70 year olds that discover their passion for the first time at 70. And yes. I think it's never too late and everything will lead you to the place you're supposed to go. I love that. That is so, so good. And Thank I think you. <laughs> listeners, listeners who are, are struggling with those questions and feel like that, like, I, am I doing this or uh, maybe I'm not like that fear, mm -hmm. like, am, am I wasting my potential, mm -hmm. wasting my time? I think everyone needs to just rewind and, and, and re-listen, re-listen to that. <laughs> I'm curious that question of like, is this what I was meant to do as you're, as you were going through that process, where did that question come from? Like, what was driving that question? Ooh. That's a good question. <laughs> yeah, maybe it's a tough question, but yeah, I'm curious if, if there's any stories related to that or, or people or, near, or cultures or, I don't know, institutions. Yeah. Interestingly enough, I think it, all, it does come back to my view of mentorship and all of these people that I was listening to and watching and reading, they were, a lot of them were talking about, you know, living in their purpose. And so mm -hmm. since I admired them in so many ways... I thought yeah. that that's what I needed to do as well. Yeah. And I think, you know, it's the same for anything. Everyone has their own timeline and some people might find their dream business at 20 or they drop out of high school to build it, you know, and now it's Facebook mm. or whatever the story is. But some people, <laughs> yes. you know, they try a couple things and then, you know, everything brings you closer. Like that's what it keeps coming back yeah. to is you don't need yeah. to have anything figured out. I don't think there is any yep. such thing as quote, figuring it all out, totally. but just keep trying and, you know, pursuing it. Yeah. Yeah. And I think as you put it in your story, it's like you didn't know if you were doing it right at the mm -hmm. time, maybe my words, not yours, but in hindsight, it all mm -hmm. is adding up, you know, that is, it's what has, you know, what mm -hmm. has brought you here. And and I think that's really, that's really beautiful and really, really great. Yeah. Really great. 
way to retell your story, I think. Thank you. Yeah. I th- I've heard um, Seth Godin talk about a similar a similar question to this. And I, I'm going back to, you know, as like the big question, the weight of, you know, is this my purpose? Is mm-hmm. this my calling? And it was in a Q&A. Someone asked him, you know, like, there's so many big problems in the world. How mm-hmm. do I choose just one? And what he said is, is that you have to start by forgiving yourself Forgive yourself for not doing the perfect thing mm. in order to free yourself to do the good thing. Oh, I love that. And I that. just thought that's just such a such a helpful way to think about these kinds of words like purpose and meaning and calling. Because mm-hmm. you're probably never going to do the perfect thing, mm-hmm. but you can do good things. And those good things then will ultimately could add up to be the perfect thing as maybe they are in in your story, which I think is just... even if it isn't the perfect thing, isn't it enough to do a lot of good things? You know, I think, again, it's like, like, we don't, I mean, I hold myself to an extremely high standard. And sometimes I should be easier on myself for sure. And I think a lot of ambitious and highly successful people want to be doing that perfect thing all the time. And I think it's totally okay to just be doing the good thing. (laughs) Like good is still really good. Good is still really good, and there might not be a perfect. Like really, exactly. Like, and and if there is, do we even have the eyes to see it? Right, Um, right. And who gets to decide that anyway? Yes, yes, absolutely, absolutely. I wanted to ask. It's kind of related to that. When you think about like where you're going, and so again, maybe maybe I'm I'm about to ask you to do do exactly the opposite of what we're talking about. But like knowing that there isn't a perfect thing, a perfect problem to solve in the world, or or whatever it might be, I'm curious how you would articulate what is what is your whether you want to call it your your calling, your Mm -hmm. your purpose, your mission. Do you have a sense of like a, a statement or a phrase or a mantra that you you come back to? Mm, yes and no. This, I think, like, as my journey has evolved, this has evolved too. And recently, I'm actually, this has been a big mindset shift for me because I used to, as someone that holds myself to high standards, I wanted to set goals that I could easily achieve because I felt like if I didn't, then I wasn't perfect. <laughs> you know, it wasn't good enough. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. recently, like in the last year or so, I've been switching that to. I'd rather set a bigger goal and give myself the grace of not even expecting myself to achieve it. But if I get close, you know, the difference between um, I want to help a hundred people and then I know I can do that, or I want to help a billion people and then I'm striving for it every day. But I, I understand it maybe won't happen, you know, but along the way, I'm sure going to help way more than a hundred people because I'm at least going for it. Yep. Yep. I love that. Yeah. The aspirational, the aspirational goals that, that mm-hmm. give you the momentum and that the momentum, though it might be messy, though it might, yeah, not mm-hmm. result in a, a box you can check is going right. to have a bigger impact on the world. Mm-hmm. Exactly. I love that. Yeah. Yeah. Cause maybe, maybe related, related to that. If you had one message uh, for the world, if I could, you know, put a put a billboard on the moon that everyone could see every every night before they uh before they go to bed what what's what would be your message oh that that's a good question i think well kind of two things related to what i just said one would be definitely like um there's no dream too big and Mm. your your dreams are possible because yeah. so much, and this relates to everything that I've said is, you know, my, my whole upbringing, I was like, okay, I'm going to go to high school, college, get a job, 
that's it. You know, you fit into this box. And no one ever really encouraged me to think outside of that box. And once I did, I was like, holy cow, there is so much more out here. And there's so I was holding myself back. No one else was holding myself back, but I was. And it's, it's the same thing. You know what I just said, if you say I want to help 100 people, then you'll probably do that. And that's amazing. But what if you set the goal a little bit higher? And then you're able Mm. to help so many more or whatever your goal is, you know, I want to, I want to build 10 schools versus I want to build 100 schools, or I want to write one book versus I want to write 10 books, you know, so I think really just inspiring people to dream bigger. And along with that, the second message is, um, every dream is achievable, because I also think that we're, we're not really taught to believe in ourselves. um, Mm. And that and then we that's why we hold ourselves back. But if people just really saw that they can achieve what they think of, then they would go after mm. it and they would prove themselves right. Wow. I love that. Uh, I, I feel like I just need to like let that <laughs> soak in for a minute. Yeah, can you just rewind that? Just say that again. Like every dream is achievable. If, but we don't believe in ourselves, but if we actually pursued them, we could prove that they are. Yeah. I mean, you it's, said it so much better. Can you it's say basically, it again? Yeah. yeah. I don't know if I can say it again, but it's basically <laughs> yeah. giving yourself permission to dream big. And then yeah. once you have that dream, you know, once you have that even seed of saying, okay, I believe, you know, I believe that I can write 10 books and then. Yeah you can prove yourself right, you know? So daring yeah. to dream big, and then you'll yep. see that it's possible. Mm. Mm. I love that. That is so good. So good. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Some this like next level mindset stuff here. It's just so, so, so challenging for me and exactly, exactly what I need to hear today. So thank you. Um, thank you for that. Yeah, um, of course. It so all good. starts with mindset. And I've, you know, another thing for me is like, you it's easy to listen to me say this and be like oh well she whatever she has it down you know but no like this has Mm -hmm. been over a dozen years probably like in the making and you know I'm always still looking towards my mentors and reading and challenging myself and um Mm. like it's it's a journey and mindset is the root of all of it like because seriously if you don't think you can achieve it you'll never try it so just Mm -hmm. that inkling of like you know, like for me, that was what the Thailand conference was. I met hundreds of people that built a business that let them travel the world whenever they wanted. And that was the very first time I ever saw that that was possible. So then I was able to take the first steps to grow that myself. Whereas before I met those people, I had no idea. So starting a business was terrifying to me because I just was convinced it wouldn't work. Yes. Mm. For someone who's like, yes, I need more. I know I need to work on my mindset. Where do they, where do you suggest they start? That is, that is a big question. <laughs> I know. Well, cause like mindset is like, it's so hard. Mm-hmm. Like it's so hard to see it in yourself. Right. Mm-hmm. But like you it can is. see it like in this conversation, we can say, oh, like if you think about this differently, but like but when you're in those patterns, like you only think the thoughts that you're thinking mm-hmm. as silly, as silly yeah. as that sounds no, like you need, so you need like this invitation to like think differently and a a different, like you need to try on a different pair of glasses and see what the world looks like through them. You know? Yeah. It's really hard because like you said, like, obviously you're in your own head. (laughs) So it's hard to like see that in yourself. But I think 
journaling is one of my favorite tools for everything. And like journaling about, okay, so you see someone successful and then what are the excuses that you're telling yourself about why you can't have that too? There's going to be a time, you know, they were born into this. They have supportive parents, they blah, 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 whatever. And then for each of those things that you write down, like challenge yourself to write down, like, what if it wasn't like this, you know, Mm. like, is there an alternative explanation? And then for me, a huge exercise that I was doing, once you notice that you have this belief, I would seek out examples of the opposite. So Mm. like a big one for me, this is not about business, but a big one for me for a lot of my life was like, um, you know, relationships always end in pain or whatever. Relationships don't Mm. last, blah, blah, blah. And then because that was my belief, that was the glasses that I was wearing. You know, that was the lens that I always saw. So I would see um, someone cheat on their spouse. And I'd be like, see, I told you self, you know, this, this always happens. But then one day I was like, no, I'm just telling this to myself. What if instead I decided that all relationships are beautiful and enhance each other's lives Mm. and all of those Mm. good things. And then- very intentionally, I would seek out examples of that. And every time I saw a couple that was in love and that helped each other out and supported each other and whatever, I would, I would say to myself, like, this is an example. And literally in my head, I would be like, file this in the category of positive relationships. Like in my head, I had a, you <laughs> yes. know, a filing cabinet and I was like, put this in there as proof. And over time, love if it. you start looking for this proof, you'll start seeing more of it. And then that's how it just becomes an internalized belief because now I'm like, oh yeah, every relationship is beautiful and not harmonious all the time, but like relationships can be positive. Yeah, exactly. And then you just, it totally changes the way you see the world because that's the thing about our brains. They're cool and they're terrible (laughs) in that (laughs) they will do whatever you tell them to do. So if you want to prove that entrepreneurship, this was actually the same one. Entrepreneurship doesn't work. I would find all the examples Mm. of people that say, I invested $100,000, I got a loan and my business failed and now I'm in debt and blah, blah, blah. Like there are stories about failed businesses. Of course, there's stories about, you know, anything in life, there's going to be failures and successes. But if you start challenging yourself to find the proof of whatever new belief you want to adapt, your brain will go to work for that and it will find that and it will seek it out. And then as it goes on, it gets easier and easier and you get more examples. And then all of a sudden, it's just now internalized in you. I love that. It's so good. So good. And such a good, such a good exercise. It's so practical to like, Mm -hmm. just start by journaling it, start by noting your resistance, your excuses, Mm -hmm. and then start chipping away at them to change, to change them, which is just, yeah, it's just really good, really good stuff. Thank you for that. Of course it works. I mean, it's the coolest thing too. Once you reprogram your brain and then you can like look back at who you were five years ago and what like the lenses you were looking there and then it's just like holy cow like i did this for myself it's so cool yeah Yeah. and you became a person that you couldn't have even imagined Mm -hmm. existing like Mm -hmm. because it wasn't in your thought process in your your framework which is Mm -hmm. yeah it's awesome so good well, Melanie, this has been just so much fun. I feel like I could go on like indefinitely with you because all of this is just such such good stuff that I just need more of in my own life. And I, for listeners who are feeling the same way, is there anything specific, you know, any ways that they can follow along, anything you'd like to invite them to? Yeah, definitely. I post a lot of stuff about mindset on my Instagram, which is at melanie.ginsburg.realtor. 
on Instagram and then I also have a YouTube channel which is more about marketing but since I do believe mindset is the base of everything I sneak that into every single video because you can't have success without a good mindset so on YouTube I'm Melanie Ginsburg dash real estate essentials and I post a lot of videos there about mindset and marketing as well perfect yeah I'll make sure to get those links in the show notes so everyone can just follow along and click on through there and connect with you and those platforms thank you so much for joining me this has been so fun melanie thank you this has been so fun and thank you so much for having me thank you so much melanie and thank you dear listeners for tuning in once again you can find links to everything that melanie is up to in our show notes at themeaningmovement.com slash Melanie, that's just like it sounds, M-E-L-A-N-I-E. While you're there, jump into any of the subscribe boxes around the site to get the best of what this project, the Meaning Movement, has to offer to help you with your career, with transitions, with getting more of that juicy, good stuff out of what you do. If you're listening on an Apple device, please leave a rating review in iTunes and hit that subscribe button wherever you're listening to this. Those are two important metrics for me to know that people are tuning in and enjoying and engaging with what I'm doing here. Our artwork is by Eliezer Ruiz. Our music is by Tom Willem. We'll be back with you in two weeks. Waiting on a tax return? Hopefully it ends up in your hands. Fraudulent tax returns due to identity theft increased by 30% in 2023. If you're in a bind this tax season, LifeLock can help. Our U.S.-based restoration specialists are experts dedicated to helping solve your identity theft issues. And all LifeLock plans are backed by the Million Dollar Protection Package. So we'll reimburse you up to the limits of your plan if you lose money due to identity theft. Help protect your information this tax season with LifeLock. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com aware.